That's right, folks. It's another episode of the Razzball Fantasy Football Podcast. And today we're discussing the AFC East. Who will be the RB1 for the Miami Dolphins? Today's show is to discuss every single free agent in the AFC East and maybe some news, some New York Giants news. I heard there's a Giants fan on the podcast. We'll discuss a little bit about Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. But I think the bigger news out of today's show is going to discuss how impactful can that RB1 in Miami be in 2023? Before we get into all that, I want to make sure you follow us across the board at Razzball Fantasy on YouTube, IG, and TikTok. And of course, make sure you jump over to Razzball.com. That's right. We have our written content for baseball, hockey, basketball, and football. So go check out our great writers. Go log into our other streams. Go check out all our social medias. And of course, make sure you hop on the podcast side. We also have on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, the Razzball Fantasy Football Podcast. But today's show is the AFC Free Agents starting right now. All right, folks, this face doesn't need any introductions anymore at this point. (laughs) It's my right-hand woman. It's Gladys L. Tyler. You can follow her at Twitter at Gladys L. Tyler. What's going on, Gladys? Uh, You know, a day of free agency, a day of franchise tagging. Ooh. And non-franchise tagging, exclusive tags, non-exclusive tags, happy people, sad people. Oh, man. Just and like I, the the idea of a non-exclusive tag. Imagine assigning that in real life to like a girl. Like, hey, so you're going to get the non-exclusive tag today. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, when you put it in that context, you're like, okay, I guess we're not that serious. So. Yeah. Okay. I'll go, I'll go look at others and, you know, maybe I'll come back to you. We'll see. That sucks. Yeah. But now, what sucks? Just, yeah, go ahead. Is go that, ahead. You know, Daniel Jones is now currently making more money than Lamar Jackson to play ball. That's just crazy. What a world. You know, so here's the thing, right? Lamar's going to get more money than Daniel Jones. See, it's going to happen. The thing is, wait, you brought up on the last time we talked about this, you said Lamar not having an agent now kind of makes things a little more difficult more now. And more yeah. personal because now you can't, there, there can't be leaks. <laughs> oh, the agent, my agent leaked, uh, leaked something. No, Lamar, you leaked something. Then. <laughs> and then, then all of a sudden, the NFL is going to get all like touchy feel. Like, oh, you can't, that's tamper. You can't. So, like, now it's like the other thing is Daniel Jones, when you start looking at his contract, and as a Giants fan, I, I did take a look into this. The $40 million does sound like a lot, but just keep in mind a couple things. Number one, his. At signing, he got $94 million. That's eighth highest in the NFL. Now, typically when these guys sign, they're one up in each other. So the yeah. fact that they didn't have to give – of course, Deshaun Watson's not going to get touched. But there's guys like Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson that got much more guaranteed money. And typically you see lesser players get bigger money because they're. it's like you have to one up each other every single time. The other aspect of this whole thing that people need to remember is there's a windfall coming. Hurts, Herbert, Burrow. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, these guys haven't been signed yet. So there's some really talented quarterbacks. that are going to reset the market again. So you're seeing guys right now getting 45 and 50. Honestly, don't be surprised if Burrow pushes 60. And then next thing you know, 40 million doesn't look so bad for a quarterback when you're paying 60 million to Joe Burrow. So I think there's a little context there to this whole thing. And the other cash cap thing about this is that they lowered his cap hit to 19 million for this season. So the Giants have no excuses. They still have a bunch of money. They can go out and get a number one receiver, trade for Hopkins, get a Brandon Cooks, or do whatever they need to do to now it's like, okay, we've given you the money. Now let's go get the talent for you there. But Lamar, it's one thing Lamar wouldn't accept Daniel Jones's contract. 
So they wouldn't even come close. I don't even think he'd come close to that. So I guess I understand the argument like, oh, you know, why wouldn't anybody want Lamar Jackson? It's like, well, Daniel Jones for $94 million guaranteed versus $250 million or whatever he's asking for guaranteed is a very big difference. But any final thoughts before we start diving into the AFC? No, no thoughts. Steelers right. are good. All right. So we're going to get into the AFC East today and talk a little bit about some of these free agents. The team that I think when I was looking at this division, the one position that I actually was very excited to talk about was the Miami Dolphins in their RB1. Because I'm a big believer in Mike McDaniel. I think what he's doing there, he showed it with Tua, he showed it with Tyreek and Waddle. But another rated aspect of that offense is the running back position. Now, Jeff Wilson and Moster kind of split that work. They're both free agents. There's a lot of discussions about them coming back this year. But I do think that this is a team where whoever they get a kid in the draft, like a Bijan or Robinson, or if they go out and get a Kareem Hunt, you know, there's a lot of excitement here from a fantasy perspective. The other aspect, too, is the tight end. Mike Jaziki was not the guy they wanted. They want a blocking tight end, a guy who can handle himself in line. Jaziki was not that guy. So whoever that becomes, I don't I don't think Jer- Durham Smythe is going to be the guy. But the other aspect of this, too, is like Tua. There's a lot of talk about bringing in a veteran to back him up because they don't know about his health. So interesting stuff, underlying things here. Teddy Breeze, Bridgewater, who's like probably the bet one of the better backups, is a free agent as well. What are your biggest takeaways for these Dolphins free agents? Well, I think the the biggest thing one is that they have no running backs right now. Like all the running backs are free agents, so they they're go. going they're going to have to either retain uh, most art or they don't have a pick. They lost their twenty first pick in the draft. They're over salary cap. I mean, they're not in the best position to will and deal to get what they need. Um, I, I I I think that Raheem is their better their best bet if they can somehow finagle the salary cap to get him. He may have outpriced himself from Miami, which you know is fine too for him. But as far as fantasy and for the Dolphins, Raheem staying in Miami. Would you think would be the better, the better decision? But last season, they were like thirty first in rushing attempts. Um, it was it was a passing game, you know. And, and I don't, I don't see it getting any different. Like they were, why would you change from something that you should have gone to the playoffs had your quarterback stayed healthy? You would have probably made it to the playoffs. Why would you not keep throwing to Waddle and Hill? and take your chances on a running back. So, like you said, Gusecki was pretty much held hostage. They franchise tagged him, and then McDaniel came in, and he was in the exact opposite system of what he should be in. Honestly, for Miami, the ideal person would be if they were in the draft, somehow could get in the draft and pick up Darnell Washington. Like, he is the tight end that is built for a Mike McDaniel system. You know, he's big, he blocks, he can catch, but he's the blocking guy. But right now, I don't see Miami in a position to will and deal anywhere to get any quality. You know, I mean, hopefully Raheem says, I'll take, I'll stay and take a discount. There's no taxes here, whatever, you know, it'll be more money. But like I said, I don't think they're 
they're in that the best position to acquire high-end talent at the present time. You know, prior to Derek Carr signing with the freaking Saints, <laughs> I don't even know what cap is anymore. Okay, we did all these shows <laughs> all the time about cap. When I tell you it makes no fucking sense, it makes no fucking sense. Like there, there was two, there was the Bucks and the Saints in cap hell. And yeah. the Saints somehow and go out and sign Derek Carr for 35 million. At this point, you know what, Gladys? You could tell me anything can happen at this point. I would believe it. The Bucks can go out and sign every free agent, even though they have 60 million over the cap, and I would believe it. I just don't understand it anymore. But anyway, the one thing I can this is like the thing about this Dolphins offense is that. Yes, they're about 16 and a half million over the cap. And the good the thing is with these off these these running backs is I there is some like a, a Houston Texans now, for example, that could pose a threat to stealing one of these guys because they're another 49ers team. But at the same time, for running backs specifically, now I know B. John Robinson is like the next coming of Jesus out there, and everyone <laughs> wants to compare him to Barkley. But most of the mostly you can get these top running backs in the second round. So they do have the 51st pick. If they feel like they don't want if they felt like they could get more out of the position, then 51 should be able to get net them one of the maybe not Robinson, maybe not the top guy, but definitely another running back could fall to 51. So I do think that's a thing. But rookie tight ends, it takes time, right? We know rookie tight ends, even Kyle Pitts. You know, he had a thousand yards, one touchdown, but it wasn't really great for fantasy football. So uh, I think, is there a tight end out there that could be a nice, I could see like a Ross Dwelly showing up and be like, Hey guys, I'm just going to hang out for the year. Maybe the rookie splits time with him, but I'm not, I think at this point, the good thing for me is that I know going into next season, as long as two is healthy, Tyreek and Waddle are going to dominate targets again. I don't, I'm not worried about a three receiver. I'm not worried about the tight end position, even if they bring in a rookie, so I think that from a fantasy standpoint, I'm excited for those two guys. Any final thoughts about the Dolphins before we move on? Nope. All right. Moving on to the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Bills – now, by the way, I do want to say this. The Miami Dolphins did make the playoffs with Skylar Thompson, but they got – they just – that game was actually oddly close. That was a weird <laughs> – that was that weird game, right? Like, yeah. What, yeah, right? Like, because who would have thought the Dolphins with their backup quarterback – would push the bills that much, but anyway, third, third backup quarterback. Yeah. Third. Yeah. Third straight. Right. Cause Teddy B finally yeah. gets his shot and he gets hurt too. But anyway, speaking of the Buffalo bills, now the bills, the bills are another team about 19 million over the cap. They have the 27th, 59th and 91st pick in the draft. I think their biggest free agent from a fantasy perspective is Devin Singletary and how that hits James cook and his potential next season. But Roger Saffold, David Quisenberry, a couple of guys that really contributed on the offensive line are free agents as well. Jamison Crowder's out the door, maybe because of the limited cap space, you're going to see Gabe Davis come back. Maybe Isaiah McKenzie. How are the bills going to upgrade their offense? I'm not sure. But what's your thoughts about the Bills offseason and their free agents? Um, I feel like the Bills are more um, will have more pain on the defensive side than on the offensive side for the free agency. Um, I think they're going to let Devin Singletary go. They have the 27th pick. Bijan Robinson will be there on the 27th. Um, Skevel was on a one-year deal. And even though he made the Pro Bowl, he wasn't really that great. Like, I'm not sure how he made the Pro Bowl. Um, he, uh, what, let me look. He had 36 total pressure, four hits, 51 pass blocking, 10 penalties, two sacks allowed, 
43.7 PFF overall grade. That was what, I, I mean, letting him go isn't really going to hurt you as much as uh, I think people are, are thinking because they're thinking, oh, he made the Pro Bowl. He must be really good. Uh, Powers is out there. They can acquire him and who had like half of the bad stats that Stafford had. I think that Singletary's gone. I I honestly think they're just going to kind of rehaul everything. And I have no problem with that because uh, Stefan Diggs is still there and um, Dawson Knox is still there and Josh Allen is still there. And that's pretty much, it's like the Miami thing. As long as they have those pieces, I'm not worried on a fantasy standpoint that I'm going to lose um, any fantasy value in any of those three players. And even if they let their left guard go, uh, that's just more running time for Josh Allen. I, so, I, you know, that makes me kind of happy. I, I want them to see them retain Jordan Hoyer, but that's like on the defensive side. I think any of their offensive weapons that are free agents, unless they come back on a really sweet-ass deal, are, are expendable, actually. I, I think the biggest player, one of the top guys this offseason to watch who could have the biggest swing in value is James Cook. Like, right now today as it stands, if Devin Singletary walks and they kind of don't really address, they maybe bring in a, a veteran that isn't as splashy. If they uh, they bring in a day three running back, like James Cook, could you could make an argument on this offense with Josh Allen and his oh pass-catching ability, he could become like a second-round pick in fantasy football. However, if they bring back Devin Singletary or they it's, they, they use their 20, uh, 59th pick on a running back and something like that happens, you could see this guy falling into the 8th, ninth round again like he was this year with Devin Singletary. So I think James Cook has a lot to play for here. The other thing is what happens if it's status quo? Like Gabe Davis wasn't that good. Isaiah McKenzie was not that good. Dawson Knox was not that good for fantasy football. Stephon Diggs was awesome. Josh Allen was awesome. But like, if it's it's an oddly really good offense that didn't produce that many fantasy relevant guys on a consistent basis, like is Gabe Davis maybe is Gabe Davis or Isaiah McKenzie another year on the offense starting? Do they get better? Do you have any interest in those kind of players? If they if they run it back again, they can't upgrade. Is there any of those guys you're going to be targeting in fantasy football? Um, the only one I would be targeting out of the ones that you mentioned would be Dawson Knox. I mean, you know, obviously Stefan Diggs' target, obviously Josh Allen's target. I would target Dawson Knox just because of his red zone ability. And um, he came into this year, like, you know, uh, under – like, he had a rough year. Like, all the Bills did because of the Hamlin thing. But before the season, Dawson Knox's younger brother died, and he was out a few games, and then he got sick. I, you know, so – I'm giving Dustin Knox a pass on this year. I would target him. I'm not targeting Isaiah McKenzie. I had him on a couple teams this year, and he wasn't good, shall we say? And Gabe yeah. Davis, I'm. I would. Gabe Davis is like um, Mike Williams light. You, he's a hit or miss. He's either going to get that 99 yard, thank you Pittsburgh Steelers touchdown, or he's going to not score anything for you at all. And I have no interest in that. I, I would kind of like to win a couple fantasy leagues this year, unlike last year. So, you know, I'm staying away from the, oh, he's he's going to maybe another year and he'll be really good kind of guys and just go for the high upside. I Yeah, and I think he kind of nailed it. I'm, I'm just looking up his consistency ranking here. And he had, so 13 points is considered a PPR wide receiver too. 
Davis was not even in the top 50. Wow, that is so bad. That is so bad. <laughs> that is so bad. Like less than 30% of his games were wide receiver two number. Okay. That's all I need to see. I'm good. We're moving on to New England. Great analysis, Gladys. Nothing else sad. All right, let's go to New England Patriots. This team does have some cap. The thing with the Patriots, they have Mac Jones as the rookie contract. They have Bill fucking O'Brien, baby. I love it. I am all in. He might be a shitty GM, but this guy can coach offense. I am excited to have him back in the NFL. They have the 14th, 46th, and 76th pick. They've been talking about this team as a team to target receivers. The biggest, their receiver room can be shooken up, right? They have Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar, both free agents. Damian Harris, which I think is one of the most underrated free agents right now in going out. Ramaji Stevenson could be an absolute monster. Some light things on the offensive line, but what's your thoughts about the Patriots upcoming off season? 27 million in cap space. You think they're going to make some splashes? Uh, no, I don't think the Patriots, except for, was it last year or the year before last, are known for making free agent splashes. Like, they usually... So boring. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's get two tight ends. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, all right. Um, I hope Jacoby Myers stays. I hope that for both for, as fantasy-wise, with Bill O'Brien, and he was, without a doubt, Mac Jones' favorite target. And as long as he stays Mac Jones' favorite target, he has some fantasy relevance. The only fantasy person I am would actually target, even with Bill O'Brien, because we don't... I mean, we know it's going to be better than Matt Patricia, but that's such a low bar. I mean, that's like saying, you know, yeah, yeah, Matt Patricia was, you know, he really sucks. So let's bring in Bill O'Brien. He's going to be better. Yeah. What does that mean that, you know, uh, they're going to average like 10 fantasy points instead of five for me this year? Thanks. Yay, Bill. Um, Jacoby Myers would be a borderline, I think, if he stayed. But Ramondre Stevenson, because I – Patriots are known for letting their running backs go. They're known for letting people try the free agency. I don't see them hanging on to Damian Harris. I kind of hope Damian Harris goes to Miami, actually. And mm. and that I would like to be all about that. But, um, uh, yeah, Ramondre Stevenson is really the only Patriot that interests me. Jacoby Myers I would kind of like, what, flirt with and then see what happens. But Ramondre is the only one I'm, I'm – giving any fantasy value to you. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I got I, I do. I gotta push back a little bit on the Bill O'Brien thing. I mean, his Deshaun Watson, there were some good years. And I think Bill <laughs> O'Brien, like, Those I'm were some sorry. good times. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, Matt Patricia, like, what are we oh doing? Oh my God, yeah. Like, I mean, I know the, you're, it wasn't even a bar, Gladys. They, they were just, <laughs> on the Matt ground. Jones is just laying on the ground. Like, <laughs> what am I doing here with this fucking defensive coordinator as my OC right now? Like, and Bill O'Brien has talent and he's been proven to do it even away from the Patriots. And I, I, so I see that. But the other thing too is like, yes, Ramaje, just give me all of that. And I think everyone's going to agree. Everyone loved the way he played last year. He's going to be like, a, I can see being a first round pick. Damian Harris, Miami, two plus. I love it. I love that call. Um, I thought he was going to be an option for the Raiders. Uh, if they let Josh Jacobs walk, bring him in with Samir White and let them duke it out for that RB1 spot, much cheaper than Jacobs, but Jacobs is back. Um, Nelson Aguilar and Myers being, we'll see. I think, is there a name out there that's a big enough splash? I don't think Hopkins is going to want to play with Bill O'Brien after the bullshit he went through <laughs> with the Texans and Cardinals trade. So I don't think there's that kind of name out there. Maybe a Brandon Cooks type players. I think Cooks, Devontae Parker, 
What does this mean for this offense? Do they go? They have these two tight ends. Do they play them now all the time? Because they paid Johnu Smith to basically not play, which is stupid. Uh, but I do think from I'm interested to see what the Patriots do with that money. They have Mac Jones on the rookie contract. That's a big time benefit for them. If Stevenson's great, but I'm interested to see if they can go out and get like a Brandon Cooks type player and really open up that offense under Bill O'Brien. So I'm excited to see what the Patriots could do. You're All not right. interested in any of the wide receivers in the draft for them? I to, to be completely honest, rookie wide receivers like for me is like, okay, the landing spot, the opportunity could be there. But I think Devontae Parker and and the way they kind of have these kind of guys set up right now, maybe. I'm always open-minded, Gladys. Like, <laughs> hey, if they come in and they draft a guy at 14 and he starts lighting up minicamp and, and training camp, sign me up. I'm in. But until then, I don't really know. I don't watch college football. So to be honest with you, I'm just waiting for the draft to come out. And then when these guys land, we'll have another podcast. You ask me the same question. And I'll let okay. you know, because I have All no right. idea right now. All right. Just being honest, folks. New York Jets, free agents. All right. The Jets, Aaron Rodgers. Like, let's just get it. Just fulfill your destiny as Brett Favre's backup to leave the Packers <laughs> to get traded to the Jets. You know you want to do it. I think deep down it, it irks him that the team that's courting him the hardest is the same freaking team <laughs> as Brett Favre. I know it's hurting his soul right now. But – if that happens, great. Awesome. The Jets have the 13th, 43rd, and 74th pick in the draft. Um, now, this team has the playmakers. They have Elijah Moore really turned it on in the second half. Garrett Wilson showed he could be an alpha number one. Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzama is like the cute cousin uh, tight end duo of fantasy football, and they had their moments. And then Corey Davis is a pretty solid number three as well. So they have the weapons. Brees Hall's coming off, not necessarily a major injury, but a meniscus tear, should be back to start the season. They had um, Knight, Zonovan Knight, who was a thing for a little bit. That was fun. So they have the weapons. Aaron, just come on. Just, like, hang out with us for a little bit. Teach Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson would introduce you to some moms, I'm sure. You got <laughs> oh a great God. time together. <laughs> so talk to me about the Jets, free agents, class. What's your thoughts? Um. I'm not sure that I, I – I mean, okay, Aaron Rodgers, if he goes to the Jets, it's good for one year, right? So they have to win the Super Bowl this year if he goes there because he's not a long – he's not a long-term answer. He's not, you know, and he's not – from what I can tell, like I don't know the man personally, and I just know what I, I see and what I read. He's not the best teammate in the world, you know, so him teaching Zach Wilson anything except maybe how to, you know, chill out in a dark room is beyond Aaron Rodgers – I think it's beyond his his scope and capability of what he would like to do. Um, I Joe Flacco, Mike White. I mean, keep Mike White around just in case. And I, I Joe Flacco, no Mike White, yes. Because if you don't get Aaron Rodgers, what do you, what are you going to do? Like everything is built up for the Jets to get Aaron Rodgers. Why did they didn't sign Derek Carr when they had him? I'm assuming because they thought that they could get Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, yes, I'm all in on Garrett Wilson. I'm all in on um, probably Tyler Coughlin more than CJ Usanzama. I'm all in on Brees Hall. But I'm all in, in on those guys anyway. Like, I don't – they excelled – Garrett Wilson excelled last year with, what, three different quarterbacks, and none of them were the quality of Aaron Rodgers. So – I'm all in on Garrett Wilson. I 
all in on Brees Hall. I think he probably would have been rookie of the year had he not getting hurt on the offensive side. So they're a good team. I, I know they're striving to be great, but I'm not sure that Aaron Rodgers is that push that would make them great. Like you're not going to come to, you're not going to work out with the guys before season. So you're going to be like mid season before they get like together. I, I just don't, I'm not really sure I'm on that. Aaron Rodgers is the holy godly answer to all our problems for the Jets train yet. So, okay. With Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, so here's okay. the thing with Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't, he hasn't won a Super Bowl in like 12 years, okay? So Aaron Rodgers clearly cannot is not the answer to automatically win. Yeah. Now the question comes, are the Jets better than what the Packers were for the last 10 to 12 years? Now, Devontae Adams, elite of the elite. But over the last three to four years, it was Devontae Adams and and then a bunch Robert Tanyan popping up for eight touchdowns and Alan Lazard throwing in a few catches. You could make an argument that Jets players around him, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, is a better deep receiving core. The defense is where the difference maker is. Yes. Is Aaron Rodgers going to play with a, de- a top five defense for the first time in God knows how long? That That's where – but the other thing too is the Nathaniel Hackett now, I don't think Nathaniel Hackett is a great offensive mind, but at least I know that him and Hackett have worked together and they can implement a scheme quick and on the fly. It's not going to be like Aaron Rodgers is going to have to learn this brand new offense. He literally coached with this guy for three seasons. He knows they can basically implement a playbook that Aaron Rodgers already knows. So he can hit the ground running a lot quicker than he would normally because of Nathaniel Hackett. If it doesn't work out, I think the fallback will be Jimmy Garoppolo because of his ties to Robert Sala. I think Robert Sala will say, all right, we need to bring in a guy that we know can win us football games, and maybe Zach Wilson can learn something from a vet. I can see Jimmy G being that kind of guy for the Jets as a backup to Aaron Rodgers if he does not come in. I do like Mike White. Don't mind him at all. I think that's a good solid bring him in. Honestly, he showed a lot more than Zach Wilson. Who gives a shit where you drafted the guy or where you didn't draft the guy? He's a better player. The rest of the offense, listen, Brees Hall, I stay away from guys who get hurt. So I would have to see what happens to him in training camp and preseason games. How many reps is he getting? Because I did an analysis last year, and it was literally one of the best things I did in fantasy football. I stayed the hell away from anybody coming off a serious injury, and nine times out of ten, it works out. It really does. So we'll see with Brees how that works out. But I think Garrett Wilson, those kind of guys, it will depend on how fast the rocket ship goes up. Because I understand Garrett Wilson. I mean, Garrett Wilson's a stud. But it takes time for these guys to build chemistry, right? So, right. Uh, you know, and who knows? What if what if he likes more? What if he likes Davis? We'll see. But I think Aaron Rodgers will be – I think it's the other factors. I think it's the defense, the coaching that will be better, maybe on defensively only. I'm not saying that Hackett's better, but I think that's what's the difference for Rodgers is, is like I – the defense might be better than the offense for the first time in like 15 years. So I think that's really the appeal for the Jets – and their selling point that, hey, you don't need to go win us the Super Bowl. We already got the team. You'll be the final piece. So you think Aaron Rodgers is actually considering going to the Jets? Yes, but I do believe deep down he hates it's the Jets. (laughs) I truly believe he's going to have to go to multiple dark tunnels (laughs) just to get over the fact that he's going to the same place that Brett Favre Favre. and getting replaced by a guy who was drafted in the first round a couple (laughs) years earlier. It's too Perfect. I truly believe he wishes there was another freaking team, but it's going to be the Jets. It's going to be New York. If he wins a Super Bowl for the Jets, he's a god. So 
Sure. I think there is appeal there too. And that's another thing. Brett Favre couldn't do it with the Jets. So if he's at least takes them to the Super Bowl, he could one up Brett Favre again. So maybe there's that factor too. Any final thoughts about any of the AFC East teams before we close the show? None whatsoever. I like them. Perfect. What you've done so far is splendid, sir. Thank you. Oh, my God. This is so great. We're going to end on a compliment. That's, once again, the Razzball Fantasy Football Podcast on the Razzball Fantasy YouTube. I want to shout out everybody, by the way. Gladys, Matt, Derek, Sky, Jacob, everybody. Keelan, we hit 1,000 subs just last week. Very exciting moment. We're about a few hours away of watch time for being monetized. I want to appreciate all the fans out there who watch our content. We love you. We appreciate you. It is an awesome, it's been a windy road, my friends. I'm throwing out random shorts. You're going to see some awesome clips of glass of myself breaking down the AFC East over the next few days. But I want to thank everybody once again. Make sure you hit subscribe. If you haven't followed us before, hit the subscribe button and go follow Gladys on Twitter. Gladys, before we close the show, any upcoming articles, anything you want to promote for yourself? Um, I do have an article coming out tomorrow on the tight end mock draft for uh, Rotoballer. And then Monday, the two-point conversion podcast. And then, of course, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but Bobby is going to come on the In No Particular Order podcast on Thursday, and we're going to do a mock draft of his choice. Probably not sports, but maybe sports. And maybe Senior Sonny will show up on it. I don't know. I'm oh. hoping. I'm hoping. He's there? Yeah, he's right here. Come here. What up, hey. Senior? Oh, it's a man, you. Oh, oh. hello, baby. Hey, Sonny, you did it. You made Sonny, it on TV. yes, hey. yes. This is awesome. why. This is why you get this is why you get the looks because Senior this is, Sonny. This, this is, is why he's doing it. All right. <laughs> well, we're out of here. Once again, I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco. Go follow me at Bobby Lamarco on Twitter. That's Gladys. Go follow our Gladys L. Tyler on Twitter. Senior Sonny. Go follow him, Senior yes, Sonny, on, on Instagram. We are out of here.